Good evening, brothers and sisters. Uh, welcome to our Bible study on the Gospel of Luke. Hope everybody's in a, a, a good environment. Um, but what we're going to start with tonight is to sing a song, a hymn, hymn number 501. Brother Etienne would project the words for us and then also be the uh, music playing. But uh, this music does not substitute our enjoyment. So we, let's take this opportunity to open our, all the layers of our being, our mouth, our heart, and also our spirit.
of God the great. Amen. Inexhaustible, he's rich and he's so sweet. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. The fullness Amen. of God dwells in thee. Thou must manifest God's glory. Amen. In flesh thou hast redemption wrought as spirit, oneness with all of us so. Amen. Amen. Thy spirit will me saturate every part. Will God permeate? Delivering me from the old man with all things for his plan. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The spirit makes thee real to us. May the one is in chorus that God meet with humanity. Amen. God mingled with humanity. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh Amen. Christ, the expression of God the Great. Amen. Oh, inexhaustible, rich and sweet. Amen. God with humanity lives Amen. in me, my all to be. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. What a mystery. Amen. Amen. Since we want to restart with our scripture tonight, we will cover Luke chapter 12 uh, from verse 1 all the way to verse 59 let's go to finish this verse this these verses from this chapter and then later on we come together and enjoy chapter 12 of luke okay uh welcome saints so uh tonight we will resume uh from luke 12 just because we didn't have any time to fellowship uh last week because of the conference I think it's worth uh, reviewing where we are in the Gospel of Luke. So right now we're in chapter 12. And what we covered right before chapter 12 was chapter 11, where the Lord uh, taught the disciples concerning prayer. Uh, remember in chapter 10, the Lord revealed himself as the Good Samaritan. The, uh, the lawyer wanted to... Uh, uh, present himself to, to, to argue with the Lord in chapter 10. And this gave the Lord an opportunity to show himself as the good Samaritan, the lawyer's good neighbor. And after that, we saw that the Lord was received by Mary and Martha. And Martha was very, very busy while Mary well, was the one who, who had the opportunity to listen to the Lord's word uh, she stopped her being, she, she, she went against her rebellious being uh, and listened to God's word. And because of her listening to God's word, the Lord speaking, she could be one with his desire concerning what was on the Lord's heart. She could be one who could uh, receive the Lord's revelation of his death. So because of her listening to God's word, to the Lord's word, she had an unprecedented opportunity. You know, without Mary's listening to the Lord, she could have missed the opportunity of pouring the oil on the Lord. If she poured it too early, it would have been a waste. If she poured it too late, it would have been too late. But by listening to the Lord's word, she could be the one who would take such a, an opportunity to pour out on the Lord for his death. 
So that was chapter uh, 10. And after chapter 10, we see the disciples ask the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. Um, and we mentioned that this was a big advance from the disciples' side, that the disciples had gone from comparing one another, from who's better than who, who will sit on your right hand, who will sit on the Lord's left hand. But they, had, they were beginning to touch the things of God's economy, things that, are, that, are, that matter to God. And one of them was prayer. So they asked the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. And when the Lord taught him to pray, uh, there's this famous prayer that we all know, uh, our Father who is in the heavens, you know, your name be sanctified. Uh, although the Lord taught them that they should pray in this way, the Lord's goal was not that they would repeat those words, not that they would copy those words of the Lord's prayer verbatim, but the essence of the Lord's word in chapter 11 was that the disciples would learn to pray themselves into God out of everything else. The true prayer, which is according to God's economy, is the prayer that when we pray, we find ourselves eventually in God, out of ourselves, out of our condition. You know, the prayer that the Lord showed the disciples cared for the Father's name. Father, your name be sanctified. Your kingdom come. So this is the kind of prayer that the Lord was bringing the disciples into. It was to bring them into a prayer that brings the disciples out of whatever they were in, uh, into God himself. And when they were in God, they were to receive the riches, all the supply of God. We saw that the Lord uh, taught them that they should pray. Uh, they should ask this for, the, for the spirit. Um, you know, the, the Lord would not give him a scorpion. He would not give him a snake, but he would give him a fish and an egg, just as we, although we, we are evil, we know how to good, give good gifts. So our father knows how to give us good, good gifts. How much more will he give us the spirit if we ask? So, so this was the Lord's burden that we would be those who pray ourselves into God. And when we in God, we simply remain and receive the spirit. We receive the spirit. And when we receive the spirit in this way, we will become those who have no room for anything else. In chapter 11, we saw the demon was cast out. And the person from which the demon was cast out actually was empty. So when the de demon went out, it came back. It couldn't, it found no water, water, uh, in which it could rest, so it went back to such a person. However, actually this shows us that if we are to be those who are, uh, the more we are, though, we, are, we are found in God through our prayer and we're receiving the spirit, eventually we become those who have no room for demons to occupy. We become those who are full of the spirit and there's no room for the demons. And in this way, we begin to know the Lord as the, as the real Jonah, that is the one who would die and resurrect for man's redemption so that men would repent and be saved. But not only as Jonah, but also as Solomon, the one who would speak God's wisdom, who would bring us into God's mystery. Not only to speak God's wisdom, but such a speaking of God's wisdom would be for the building of the church, which is the temple, which is what Solomon did in the Old Testament. And, and this, this was the essence of, uh, of, of chapter 11. And at the end of chapter 11, the Lord rebuked the Pharisees and the lawyers. So he rebuked the Pharisees and the lawyers because the Pharisees, they were, the Lord called them, they were tombs, uh, which men walk over. But they don't realize that um, when these men walk over these tombs, they don't realize that there's death inside of these tombs. And also he rebuked the lawyers who put all kinds of uh, requirements on, on God's people, yet they themselves did not even use their finger to, to touch those, those, those requirements, those burdens. 
Um, so so this, is, this was the Lord's uh, speaking and, and uh, rebuking to the uh, Pharisees and the lawyers. And one key important thing we need to realize in order for us to appreciate chapter 12, 13, and 14 is this. Remember, it be, the Lord's ministry began in Galilee. And here, the Lord is on his way to Jerusalem. You might remember in chapter 9, it specifically said his heart, his face was set toward Jerusalem. So this is the turn here. The Lord here is headed for Jerusalem. So as we, as we review chapter 12, we need to have this realization that the Lord is now headed for Jerusalem. And, and on his way to Jerusalem, what is on his heart? Well, on his way to Jerusalem, the Lord has, has his death on his heart. He is concerned with the matter of his, his, being, uh, his being crucified. This is what's occupying the Lord's being. Um, however, the disciples, um, we can clearly see that that's not what they were, they had in view. The disciples, they see the Lord, the Lord had gained popularity and, you know, gained a following in, 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 in Galilee, although he was rejected in Samaria. So maybe in the minds of the disciples, there's the thought that, whoa, the Lord is going to Jerusalem. Now the Lord is going to bring in his kingdom. He's going to take the throne in Jerusalem. And since we have been with him, we might have uh, a position. We might, you know, sit on his left or his right. Uh, actually, the Lord had one thing on his heart. He had his death. Jerusalem at this time was a center of both religion and human culture in the land of Israel. You know, the, the capital, you know, it, it, the, Jerusalem was the place to be. Uh, concerning Judaism, it was, the place to be was Jerusalem. And even the advances of the human life, the human culture, the best you could find was in Jerusalem. So it is with this background that we should, we come to chapter 12. As they were, uh, they, when the Lord uh, was coming in, it said, meanwhile, when the myriads of the crowds were gathered together so that they trampled on one another, he began to say to his disciples first, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. So here the Lord realizes that his disciples uh, they, they came from, from Judaism. You know, all of the disciples at this point, all of them came from Israel. So to them, uh, Jerusalem and Judaism was, was, they appreciated these things. They grew up with it. You know, they, 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 may, they may have treasured these things, but the Lord realized this. So he gives us a warning. He issued a warning. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. In other words, do not appreciate the Pharisees. Be careful. Be careful of the leaven. And here, in specifically, the Lord highlights what the leaven is. It is hypocrisy. You know, the Lord was living in a certain way. And we said that this way was the highest standard of morality. It was a living which comes out of the mingling of God with men. So when they went to Jerusalem, the Lord warned the disciples, be careful of the living of the Pharisees. Their living, their way of life actually is a hypocrisy. What they are inwardly is not matched by them, by their outward walk, or rather what they are outwardly does not have substance inwardly. So the Lord was warning them, as you follow me, be careful 
If you want to remain in the jubilee, if you want to remain in the enjoyment, be careful of the leaven of the Pharisee, which is hypocrisy. Uh, because the Pharisees, they conducted themselves one way, but inwardly, they, uh, uh, earlier on, actually, the Lord said they are like tombs. Inside of them, there's nothing but death. However, the Lord, he, he wasn't like this. Actually, the Lord, uh, I, I wanted to borrow a verse from Ephesians. Uh, in Ephesians, it says the reality is in Jesus. You know, with the Pharisees, there was a facade. But with the Lord, there was a reality. Who he was outwardly was matched by his inward constitution. His outward expression came out of his mingling, uh, his, his, uh, his two natures of divinity mingled with humanity. So the Lord really warned them about this. Actually, this matter of leaven is a, uh, is a corrupting element. Uh, not only should, should the disciples be aware of this, but actually we too, brothers and sisters, we need to be careful concerning leaven which is hypocrisy. What we want is to have an inward life, which therefore spreads to our outward living. We do not want to give people or anyone an impression that we are one way outwardly when inwardly we're not that way. So actually this is, this is, this is what religion does. Religion cares primarily about outward things. Um, this, is, this, is, this is the main thing with religion. It's that there's a lot of emphasis on outward things when there's no inward substance. We, in the, in the Jubilee, we would like to be released. You know, we need to ask the Lord, Lord, I would like to be, uh, I would like to have reality. I would like to have my inner being match my outward living. I refuse. I don't want to have an outward living, which, which, uh, which just which is just to impress people on the marketplace. You know, uh, the 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 Pharisees they enjoyed being greeted, um, and um, but inwardly they 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 didn't have the love of God. Actually, in chapter eleven, it says that that they took care of giving mint, uh, all the spices and the herbs. They 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 took care of the, what's seen but there was no justice within them. They did not care for God. They had no love of the love of God. So, so this was the Lord's warning. We do not want to live this way. We want to be those who are released from religion. Uh, this corrupting element, actually in, in 1 Corinthians, it says a little leaven, leavens the whole lump. So actually we want a whole being Lord, every part of my being, I want you to saturate. I want every part of my living to come out of this mingling with you, this saturation with you. I want to have a living that is an expression of you, not a facade, but a reality of expressing you. So this, this, is, this is what the Lord was warning the disciples about, the matter of hypocrisy. And then in verses 2 and 3, the Lord shows that what is hidden will eventually be uh, made, made bare, will eventually be exposed. The true condition will eventually be exposed. So the Lord is warning us not to live in this way uh, that projects one view when inwardly there's not that reality. So the Lord was showing the disciples I have shown you the highest standard of reality. But where we're going in Jerusalem, be careful. There are those who don't live this way. They're, rather, there's hypocrisy. Um, and then, actually, with religion, brothers and sisters, there's not only such a, um, such a, uh, a hypocrisy, but there's also eventually when we seek to live and follow the Lord and live according to the highest standard of morality, there eventually is persecution. Every time uh, when I read this section of the word, I was very confused 
how does the Lord go from warning the disciples and then he tells them about who they should fear? It, it almost makes no sense. Verses one, two, three, uh, they, they seem to make sense. What, what is inward should be matched by what is outward. In other words, no part of our living should have falsehood. But in verse four, the Lord says, and I say to you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body. I thought, whoa, Lord, you were warning me about Pharisees and now there's those who kill the body? Actually, here, the revelation is religion eventually persecutes those who follow the Lord. This, this is, the, this is the, the, even if you look at history, religion eventually persecutes, frustrates those who follow the Lord in his, in, in, in his living. So as we seek to be one with the Lord, to enjoy him, to really have this, uh, uh, the reality of such a living of being mingled with him, the Lord instructs us, says, do not fear those who kill the body and afterward have no more that they can do. Verse five, but I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after killing has authority to cast into uh, Gehenna or Gehenna. Yes, I tell you, fear this one. So in other words, the Lord here was preparing his disciples that as far as religion goes, we need to be careful of its hypocrisy, but also have a realization that those who follow the Lord, guess what? They are persecuted by religion. Religion may have a good intention we, we have to be clear about this. Religion may have a good intention, but the end of religion is hypocrisy. And eventually it will persecute those who are one with the Lord. Actually, the enjoyment of the Lord is a threat to religion. Because when we enjoy the Lord, we enjoy the jubilee. We are free, we're released and religion Will, will persecute, eventually will persecute because and the enjoyment of the Lord exposes religion. It shows religion what it, for, it exposes, for, exposes it for what it is. Oh, okay. Um, so, so this is the emphasis on this section is that on the one hand, that we need to be careful of the hypocrisy. That is, we want to have the true enjoyment of the Lord. We don't want to have any part of our being to come out of uh, doing things for the Lord without our enjoying him. But we need to be clear that as we enjoy the Lord, there will be persecution. There will be persecution. So the Lord here was strengthening and warning the disciples. And in verse six, he says, are not five sparrows sold for two uh, Assyria? Uh, and not one of them is forgotten before God. So sparrows, although their value is so low, uh, God is not, has not forgotten them. But even the hair of your head, have been, the hairs of your head have been numbered. Do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. So here the Lord was also uh, showing us that we need to be one with him concerning his commission as we follow him, as we want with him, and we experience persecution, the Lord is encouraging us, strengthening us, that actually the Lord cares for us. The Lord will care for us. He will care for us. Uh, uh, actually, I like the Lord's example here, that even the hairs of our, on our head are numbered. Uh, I don't know if you comb this morning, um, but typically when I comb, there's some hair that falls off. Brothers and sisters, the Lord knows how many are still left. It's quite amazing. The Lord's care. As we follow him, we're one with him. Uh, in his New Testament jubilee, we can be those who are faithful because of the Lord's care. Uh, so the Lord strengthens us and says, 
we should not deny him in verse 8. Moreover, I tell you, everyone who confesses in me before men, the Son of Man will also confess in him before the angels of God. So accurately here, the word confess, it's a slightly uh, weird construction in English. It says, it doesn't say who confesses me, but rather confesses in me. In other words, we are those wherever we are, we are one with the Lord. We're in him. We're organically joined with him. So this is, this is the Lord's view concerning our life. We need to be those who are one with him. Even our confession uh, before men should be in him. And he says, uh, he will also confess in us. He will confess, confess in us before, before the angels of God. So this, this here, again, this matter of the mingling, us being one with the Lord and the Lord being one with us. Uh, and then in verse 11, this shows again the matter of uh, religion. Eventually religion, it says, they will bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities. And here the Lord says, do not be anxious about how and what you should reply in defense or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you. You know, this is, this is how we live. We live by being one with the Lord, moment by moment. You know, we're not only are we one with him uh, on the small things, we one with him in everything, even in our speaking, in the, even when, when, when uh, you know, here being tried before synagogues, before rulers, the point is, we live by being one with the Lord. Even our words, we don't prepare them, but rather we take care of the mingling. We take care of the mingling. Okay, uh, because of time, I better, I better continue to the next section. So verses 1 through 12 was the warning concerning hypocrisy, the hypocrisy of the Pharisees, which was uh, the living of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And now in verses 13 to 34, here the Lord speaks concerning covetousness. Here, someone from the crowd uh, asked the Lord, teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. The Lord took this opportunity to again warn the disciples concerning um, uh, something further. Uh, so when, when, when he, because the Lord was going to Jerusalem, remember Jerusalem was the center of religion. Concerning religion, we need to be careful of the living of the Pharisees. But Jerusalem was also the center of culture. Here in Jerusalem, actually, even this is actually probably an, an experience of all of us. In Jerusalem, there was not only the concern or the care of religion, but there was also the concern of the daily life, having a comfortable life. That is, the covetousness came from the desire or the anxiety of life. So this one who came from the crowd and told the Lord, Lord, tell my brother to divide with me the inheritance. And the Lord took this opportunity to speak concerning covetousness. And this is in verse 15. The Lord said to them, watch and guard yourself from all covetousness. For no one's life is in the abundance of his possession. Watch and guard yourselves of all covetousness, all kinds of covetousness. Uh, actually, covetousness is related to wanting to live a comfortable life. We see this in the, in the parable that the Lord gives. He speaks of this man who had a land, and his land got a good produce. And because it got a good produce, the man said, well, I have no place to gather all this produce. What will I do? Let me tear down all my, my storages, my barns and build bigger ones. Uh, and, I'll, and then in those bigger barns, 
I will collect all my goods. And then in verse 19, he said, this man says, he would say to his soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Rest, eat, drink, be merry. Actually, this is the source of covetousness. It's this desire to have in this age a life of ease, a life of comfort. However, the Lord said, this one was a foolish person. This one was foolish because he did not care for his soul. So in verse 20, it says, foolish one, this night they are requiring your soul from you. And the things which you have prepared, whose will they be? So is he who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So here, brothers and sisters, actually the Lord is encouraging his disciples to not be covetous, to not care for material possessions, but rather to care uh, to be rich toward God, to care to be rich toward God. In other words, uh, avoid the distraction of the daily necessities, the, 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 uh, the covetousness. Avoid that. Stay in the New Testament Jubilee. Care for the New Testament Jubilee. Do not be distracted. He was, he was warning his disciples that if we are going to enjoy the New Testament Jubilee, two things you have to be careful of. One is the, cov uh, the, the hypocrisy in religion, and the other one is the covetousness. And this covetousness is related to anxiety. Uh, verse 22, I'm, I'm going to quickly continue because of time. He said to his disciples, therefore I say to you, do not be anxious for your life, what you should eat, nor for your body, what you should put on. 23, for the life is more than the food and the body more than clothing. So the Lord here was actually encouraging his disciples that in this, as they care to enjoy the New Testament Jubilee, they should avoid being distracted with the human uh, concerns of eating and, and clothing. Actually, concerning the eating, the Lord says, consider the ravens. Uh, actually, I was, I was thinking about this. I was like, wow, Lord, couldn't you have chosen a better bird? You know, according to Leviticus 11, a raven is an unclean animal. Actually, it says in uh, uh, Leviticus 11, uh, ravens are an abomination. So here the Lord was showing the disciples, teaching them that in, as they enjoy the New Testament Jubilee, they shouldn't be distracted with the anxiety of life, but rather God would care for them. Actually, specifically here, it doesn't say God. It says your father. Your father knows you have need of these things. So, so my point is, if the father cares for ravens, which is an unclean bird, how much more you, who's enjoying the New Testament Jubilee? How much more you, who could be part of those who could bring in the kingdom? So the Lord was, was strengthening his disciples um, that in all of this, they would not be distracted. Actually, these two things, brothers and sisters, religion and its hypocrisy and anxiety, they are the two distractions that could keep us from enjoying the present jubilee. So today we need to uh, take care of these uh, matter, be beware of the hypocrisy. So we want to actually enjoy the Lord. We want to, we have to ask the Lord, Lord, increase my enjoyment of you. Be everything to me. I really want to enjoy you. And not only do we care to enjoy the Lord, but also guard me, Lord, from coveting, 
from all the anxiety. Uh, actually, anxiety drives the whole world. Why do people go to work? Why do people go to study? Some they will say they want a good education. Actually, at the root of it is an anxiety, specifically concerning what am I going to eat and what am I going to wear? So that's what the Lord's word to the disciples is. Concerning their food, consider the ravens. And concerning your, your clothing, the Lord points them to lilies. Look at the lilies, how they are arrayed, how they are dressed. Uh, they don't, they've never sown anything. The lilies have never gone to a, a, a tailor or they, but God arrays them. The way God arrays them and clothes them with beauty that's beyond what Solomon could ever wear. So, so, so the Lord was showing them that um, actually when it comes to following me, following him, the Lord, he is faithful to take care of every one of our needs. This, this, is, this should be an encouragement to all of us as we seek to, to be one with the Lord, to bring in the New Testament Jubilee for his kingdom, these two things, we need to be careful that they do not distract us. A religion and, um, uh, and the, the second matter is concerning our needs. So that is covetousness, which comes out of anxiety. Okay, because of time, I think... Uh, I will, I will pass on, uh, and Brother John can continue from here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So it's good to see you all again after all this long traveling. Unfortunately, tonight I will just share until 10 to 7. Uh, the rest, we will see how the Lord led us. And before I touch the portion I want to cover, I like to mention about how the Lord bless us with this Bible study. And hopefully, saints, we have the picture, the purpose of we have this Bible study. And not just that we would like to know something about the Bible. I like to bring up three things. Number one, we have this Bible study because we want to see the revelation the Lord revealed to us under this ministry. Uh, something the Lord would like to show us in the midst amongst the Christians. The Lord has certain purpose revealed to us from his heart. We are going to just pick up some Bible verses and to repeat and just to, to talk it again. But we want to see this part of the Bible, what the Lord has shown us, that's number one. Just like in the time of Eli, the Lord did not speak to Eli. Rather, he spoke to Samuel. Many important words, the Lord did not spoke to Eli. He is qualified, but God spoke to Samuel. And this is what we want to learn. We come together. We want to see what the Lord has spoken to us regarding his heart in this ministry. Secondly, in this Bible study, we want to get constituted by the truth. Um, we are not just to pick up some word and to just try to elaborate but we want to learn to let this word constituted into us. For example, Luke chapter 11. What did we see from the Lord? What if we saw? So what did you saw from the Lord? And number two, are this word being constituted into us? That we're able to understand after we close this Bible that you About okay, no. before we just we want to enjoy the truth, but now I want to say not just enjoy the truth, but we want to constitute it by the truth. Let this truth constitute into us, structure. So are you ready? Yeah. And number three, not only constituted, 
But today, the Lord's recovery, we come to a point that we're able to reproduce someone that is same like us. You, know, you can say, I've been in church life for 10 years, two decades. The Lord said, how many have you ever reproduced? Did you reproduce someone? Did you able to speak, to share your riches to someone that you're able to speak out? I know we all got the intention when you come to speak, we all run away or we hide ourselves at the back. But we must learn these three things. Number one, Lord, what did you show us that you're not able to show into so-called Christian dumb, but you show us. Number two, Lord, did I get constituted with the truth? Or I just okay, listen. Uh, but now we must come with an attitude. We want to get constituted with the truth. And number three, we must learn how to speak out that we influence others and reproduce, reproduce someone the same as we are. And when the Lord comes, the Lord will not ask you, did you attend the Bible study or not? The Lord will ask you, I give you two talents. Where are the two talents? I give you five talents. Where are your reproduction? So let's learn this thing. And I hope after tonight, let's get in the group. Let's learn to speak to one another. Let's learn, keep learning. All right, I must go quickly. I got 15 minutes left. And... The book of Luke is talking about of Jubilee, how God became a man in order to bring the fallen man into the enjoyment of the reality in this age. There are three stages of Jubilee. One is in the stage of the church, which is now. Another one is in the stage of millennium. 1,000 years. Uh, today in the church, in the age of the church, is a foretaste. In the age of millennium is the reality. And in the age of the new Jerusalem is the full taste. And God became a man, not only to die for men, to redeem Man, but he wants to bring men into the foretaste of the Jubilee. The book of Luke is God becoming a man in order to bring men have a taste, have an enjoyment of the Jubilee. And the book of Luke, these four chapters, is not easy to understand. You can try it 11, 12, 13, and 14. These four chapters is not easy to understand. I'm glad that Hector gave us a kind of review from chapter 11. And then chapter 12 covered in order for us to participate in the Jubilee in this age. We need these three warnings. Hector covered two warnings. The first warning is the warning of the Pharisees. While all these disciples, they come back from Galilee, from the north, come back down to the south, coming to Jerusalem, I'm sure they are quite excited. Let's go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is, is much better than Johannesburg. That is where all the religion come together. It's the central place of all the religion. And number two, it's all the source of the culture. They got a lot of culture. And number three, and all the worldly enjoyment, entertainment, it was in Jerusalem. So for them to come into Jerusalem is quite an excitement. And while they enter into Jerusalem, I'm not talking about the new Jerusalem, I'm talking about the old Jerusalem. Look, chapter 12, verse 1. Meanwhile, in Jerusalem, thousands of crowds were gathered together. They even stamped one another. 
so much population. And the Lord began to say to his disciples, while all the disciples said, hallelujah, let's get to Jerusalem. The Lord said, ah, 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 beware, beware of the level of the Pharisees. You want to come to Jerusalem? Let me tell you, be careful of the soft bun. <laughs> you know, you saw this soft bun is delicious. Be careful. Beware of the leaven. Encircle the word leaven. Leaven of Pharisees. And that is hypocrisy. No. All right, if, I, if it's me, I'm saying, okay, okay. Love the Pharisees. They're also God's people. Okay. Yes, God is love. Love one another. No. The Lord speaking quite a heavy word. Be careful. Beware of the leaven. Don't think they give you soft bun. Full. It's a soft it's sweet, it's tender. No, be careful. That is a leaven. That is poison. And that is hypocrisy. You know why? Write it in your Bible. That hypocrisy bring in opposing. Outwardly, they receive you. Inwardly, they oppose you. And opposition brings in persecution. The Lord knows all this will bring you out of the enjoyment of the Jubilee. Before we thought, why? They're also believers. They're also God's people. They worship God. At least they also teach the Bible. The Lord said, these are hypocrisy. Religion, write it in your Bible, is the nurture bed of hypocrisy. People hide the hypocrisy on the bed of religion. Satan used religion to oppose God's people in order to bring you out of the enjoyment of the Jubilee in this age. <clears throat> That's why the Lord said, be careful. Don't think we're coming to Jerusalem. These are all religious people. They're going to persecute you. That's why from verse 2 all the way to verse 12 is just a kind of inoculation to his disciples. Don't be too happy. Don't think they are Pharisees. You, they, they honor them. They say, nothing covered. They try to cover with the hypocrisy, everything will be revealed. All the hidden things will be known. They're going to oppose you, then they're going to persecute you. In verse 3, all the things spoken in the darkness will be heard in the light. All this part, look, verse 4. And I say to you, do not fear those who kill the body. That means they're going to persecute you. Do not fear. Now what they say, afterward, have nothing more <laughs> that they can do. That's all what they can do. Don't be afraid of them. These are all inoculations. Religion will persecute you. Okay, <clears throat> all the verse is quite a, full of encouragement. Strengthen you. Don't enjoy the soft bond that is just a leaven of Pharisees, that is hypocrisy, that is religion. The first warning is beware of hypocrisy. Beware of this kind of falsehood. The second warning okay, for us to continue to participate, the Jubilee is beware of covetous. Covetous means greedy. And that greedy brings you anxiety. <clears throat> um, verse 13, someone out of the crowd said to the Lord, teacher, tell my brother, he must give my portion of my inheritance. It's unfair. Then the Lord used this one. I'm not the Lord of your possession. You ask this because of the greediness. 
You know, this is the second problem in Jerusalem. This culture, this, this uh, religion, and all these material possessions bring us out of the enjoyment of the Jubilee. That's number two. To have possession is not wrong, but to be greedy for possessions, that becomes covetous, that causes you anxiety. Highlight the verse in verse 21. Don't highlight the whole verse. So he who store up treasure, highlight the word stores up for himself. You store up for yourself. And then he said, it's not rich toward God. The more store up, the more you store up for yourself, then not rich toward God. <clears throat> this is the second warning. All this material possession, physical possession, what to eat, what to wear, especially among the Western world, um, we we'll take care of all this housing and all this dressing, including car, all these things. Sometimes easily to draw our heart. Okay. Well, that kind of material position bring in anxiety, anxiousness, worry. It burn out our riches toward God. It becomes a leak. Whatever you store, it's been leaked out. And number three, that is verse 35 to 48, the third warning, that you be watchful and faithful. And this part, the Lord mentioned, and do not lose the jubilee of the coming age. While the Lord is not with us, he left us, but we need to be watchful. We know, verse 39, we know this. If the master of the house know what time the thief will come, he would not have allowed the house to be broken, to be broken into. And this is the third warning. We live a life which watchful and faithful to the Lord. Um, we watchful by taking care of the saints. We watchful by being a prudent slave and prudent steward. Both slave and steward is the same. How do you make yourself watchful? By feeding the saints. No. Do not beat those saints. Live like an unbeliever to eat and drink, become drunk, just like unbeliever. And during this conference, we say that all this worldly enjoyment is stupefied us, make us no feeling, make us no feeling toward the Lord and no feeling toward the world. <clears throat> And this we need to be watchful. And the last two parts of Luke 11, sorry, Luke chapter 12, mention two things. What keep us to be watchful? Number one, what keep us to be watchful? In verse 49, I have come to cast fire on the earth. How I wish or I'm desperate that it will already kindle. Saints, but keep us watchful, desperate. Desperate, keep us watchful. If you are not desperate, we're gonna be loose. The Lord just saying, something within me, I'm so desperate. I want to cast the fire on this earth. That is, you want to go to die. There's a baptism, but not yet. I'm pressed. The word praise, that means constrained by desperate within me. I want to die so that my life can be released. 
saints why keep us watchful the releasing of this life you know sometimes if for example like Hector he prepared like me we prepare we want to see the time come so that we can release amen and I tell you that gives us watchful saints then let's be watchful amen that watchful can come from our desperate and the Lord said, I come to not think that I come to give peace. Everybody can have good sleep. He said, I come and to cause division. That means to cause um, conflict. When I come, I come, because the world is under the, the hand of the enemy. Of course, they were not happy. It will cause some conflict. But get ready. Yeah. The Lord knows where we are. So don't be disturbed. And he will cause some conflict, some, some kind of division. And But we know there must be within us, there is a, there is a desperate within us. Don't think everybody is going to give you a red carpet and welcome you. But we are prepared. We are watchful and faithful that we want to release this life. Secondly, what keep us watchful is verse 54 to verse 59. That is, we have to discern the time. What time are we in at this moment? Then he said to the crowd, you know, when you see the cloud rising from the west, immediately, you know, the rain is coming. In 54. <clears throat> um, and when you see the south, is blow, the south wind is blowing, you may say there will be the hot air is coming. 58, because as you are going with your opponent at law, the magistrate, you must endeavor be released from him on the way. That is on our way. We are, we know the, the season, the direction. On our way, we should. Um, as you're going with the opponent at the Lord Magistrate, endeavor to be released from all this that holding you, all the factor that holding you, unless otherwise he's gonna drop you to the judge, and the judge will deliver you to the officer, and the officer will throw you into the prison. Did you see this opponent? That is the law. The law is opposing us. A magistrate is Christ. The officer are the angels. And this judge is God. Before we come to meet God, we know the Lord is coming today on our way. We know the season. We can discern the season. Solve out all the problems that hold us. Amen. And we should know Discern, you should discern the time. What age are we now? Saints, all these things has been spread into us. And all these things is for us to be in the enjoyment of the Jubilee in this age. This age is coming shorter and shorter. If you were in conference, you just see, wow, we are almost at the verge of this age. And while we are on the way, we before the judge is going to throw us into the prison, the angel is going to throw us in the prison. We already solve all the problems that nothing holds us. Nothing holds us. Stay away from the enjoyment of the Jubilee. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hopefully, we are all able to speak chapter 11 of Luke, the three warnings. The Lord remind us do not. We lose from the enjoyment of Jubilee in this age. So we need these three warnings. All right, maybe Hector can give us some kind of closing word. And then I hope many of us today in this group learn to speak to one another. We want to see what the Lord show us in this chapter. What constitutes you? You'll be able to speak these three warnings. Amen. Learn to speak and learn to speak to one another that someone will be able to be reproduced from us.
Praise the Lord. Okay, Hector, I pass the ball to you. Amen. Uh, so uh, just to quickly recap, uh, so what we saw today were the three warnings. The first two are concerning our enjoyment of the Jubilee in this age. If we are to remain in the Jubilee in this age, we need to be careful of religion and its hypocrisy. And also we need to be careful concerning covetousness. And if we are going to enjoy the Jubilee in its second stage, that is in the millennium, we saw that the Lord gave us a warning that we need to be watchful and faithful. So those are the three warnings that the Lord gave us uh, in this uh, in, in chapter 12. So that's a, a quick summary. Amen.